A secret to happiness is letting every situation be what it is instead of what you think it should be and then making the best of it. Welcome to Don't Quit, where you come to be encouraged to live a better life full of joy and purpose. Welcome back, guys. I am so excited you're joining me today. I'm Paige, your podcast host, and today we are talking about five things you can do right now to become happier and to boost your mental health. And I think this episode is especially important for anyone listening because there are just so many reasons why we want to choose happiness in our life. Happiness really determines our longevity and our health. So why wouldn't we want to take control of that and live a full healthy, awesome life, right? I want to take a minute to read a review today that I absolutely love. I'm so thankful for all your reviews and I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to go on Apple and leaving a review. They always mean the world to me. Ava Tradisi says, very inspiring, useful, and helpful. This is so awesome, Paige. Thank you, Ava, for leaving that wonderful review. I appreciate hearing from you guys and I hope that you will go on and leave a review if you haven't yet. So we are going to jump right into this today. Let's not waste any time. The first one is practice optimism. I challenge you that in difficult times, when the situation ahead just seems so bad, I challenge you to try to look at the positive. So for instance, if you're in the middle of feeling really depressed, anxious, you're just not feeling good and you're falling deeper into that, I challenge you to look at that situation as an opportunity for growth. And really as an opportunity for becoming who you are meant to become, because our mindset really determines the outcome of our life in so many ways. And being optimistic is a choice. Seeing the glass half empty or full is completely up to you. So don't forget to hang out around optimistic people. Really take this seriously. Find people that are happy. We all know people that are just not happy and they like to look at the negatives in life and the bad things that are happening in their life and they are not going to help you get where you want to be. Finding people like that is really going to help to lift you up and help you in your journey for more positivity. Number two is get moving. Less than 5% of adults participate in 30 minutes of physical activity each day and a 30 minute workout is only 2% of your day. So there's really no excuse to be a part of this 5% of people who are really not working out or moving. And we don't have to think of working out as this huge, you know, go to the gym. You can do it where you are comfortable. And I think that sometimes we think that we have to make a big deal of it and we don't. But also I encourage you, if you're the type of person that's not sticking with something and you need more of a commitment, I encourage you to join a gym, get a personal trainer. Don't let that be your excuse for why you're not getting out and moving. If you can get outside, that's even better. But studies have shown that people who exercise regularly are so much happier. And I can validate this based on the last, I guess, probably about seven weeks now, I've been regularly working out. About six days a week, I go work out and I have been really on top of my game. I felt happier. I felt just genuinely carefree, less stress. And some really important benefits of working out are it helps our muscles and bones so that we avoid injuries as we age. It increases our energy and focus. It helps our skin health. It helps avoid chronic diseases. It aids in our sleep quality. It can help reduce chronic pain. It helps your brain function properly as well as your memory. It encourages productivity. It improves your sex life. And the best one, it helps you live longer. 
So the current guideline for physical activity for adults is a minimum of 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise at least five days a week. So like I said before, that's 2% of your day and it's only at least five days. So if you can squeeze that in, do it. It's going to be so helpful. If you can even just look at it as take a bike ride, do some swimming, play a sport, garden, dance. I know for us, we dance all the time. Like I'll just put music on in my kitchen with my boys, but pretty much every day we will just dance around the kitchen. And it's a great way to involve your family as well as stay busy while having fun. Number three is stop negative thinking. I think we use negativity to really protect ourselves and prepare ourselves for future disappointment. And instead of trying not to think about our negative thoughts, because this tends to make us think about them more when we start obsessing on why are we thinking negatively, try owning them and acknowledging them. So when you have a negative thought, just state that worry, state that negative thing back to yourself and then just let it go. There is something called Socratic questioning, and it's the process of challenging and changing irrational thoughts. And studies have shown that this method can actually reduce depression symptoms. So write down your negative thought and then ask yourself, what is the evidence for this thought? Am I basing this on facts or feelings? Could I be misinterpreting the situation? How might other people view the situation differently? How might I view this situation if it happened to someone else? So for instance, maybe I look in the mirror and I instantly start picking myself apart. Maybe you do the same thing. I think it's so common, unfortunately. And I want to just encourage you today that we are made in God's image and he made you exactly how he wants you to be. And how you are right now, whether you're at your best in your mind where you should be, No matter what, he loves you right where you are. And I just encourage you to embrace that and accept that and accept yourself and be thankful for that body that God gave you. But that's a side note. So anyway, I look in the mirror and I instantly start picking myself apart. So what I would do if I was going to do the Socratic questioning, I would stop and write my thoughts down. And then I would proceed to ask myself what the evidence is. So first, are these facts or are these just my feelings? Which I can pretty much guarantee you that they're your feelings. When you look in the mirror and you do that, that's just you and the society's pressure that that is put on us daily on social media and all around us. Those are just feelings. Then you'd ask yourself, what would someone else see if they were there in that room watching that situation? And then how would I view it if someone said that in front of me, if I was watching someone else criticize themselves? And when you do that, I think it kind of broadens your horizons and makes you realize that maybe that is not beneficial. Number four is declutter your space. I think that being excessively cluttered is just an indication of depression, chronic pain, grief, and even ADD. Having an organized, clean space really increases our productivity and our optimism. So start by minimalizing your belongings. And I did this about, probably about a few months ago. I just decided that I was tired opening my closet with everything just falling out on me and feeling like I never could pick clothes because there was just so many options. So I would revert back to like the same sweatshirt day in and day out or the same like three things, right? And I got frustrated because I knew I had pretty things and I knew that I could like look nicer with how I was dressing if I just had less to look at. 
And so what I did is I literally just minimalized my entire wardrobe. I did one of those capsule wardrobes. If you've done that, let me know. Um, but it really was helpful to me. Like personally, I loved it and I still do this and I only buy things that are like really classic, nice things or nice quality that I can use and have for a really long time. And it just takes out the decision, which I actually want to do a whole podcast episode on why decisions are actually detrimental to us. Cause I think that's quite fascinating, but we really don't need 10 pots when you typically only ever use three maximum at any given time, right? It's the same with your clothes. How much can you possibly wear? So you could go through your house and really look at areas where you could get rid of the excess of a certain item and you can store that. Keep it somewhere for the future, but keep your main living space to exactly what you need so you don't feel scattered and depressed. And what I like to do is I like to clean out a drawer every day. I know that seems like crazy, like how do you have that many drawers? But I do, I actually, because they get cluttered over time. So I'll clean out one drawer a day to keep it manageable. I also love to redecorate frequently, not like major redecorating, but just like moving things around, trying new things, try, try pillows in different areas, or I, I have a lot of plants, I love plants, and so I'll move them around my house but just get excited about your space. I just recently went to Walmart and bought some um, stick-on wallpaper and I put it in my bathroom and it's just so cute and it really made me feel like better about the space. And it literally took probably an hour to throw up some, some stick-on wallpaper. And I encourage you to incorporate the one minute rule by the author of Happiness at Home into your life. I think it is really beneficial. When you walk into a room, tackle the one minute task first. So this might be throwing out some papers or mail that was left sitting around, maybe putting a few dishes in the dishwasher, wiping the counters down, dusting the bookshelf, hanging up your coat. You get the point. Just do the simple things first because that's going to boost your happiness and make you feel like you are accomplishing a lot. And it really does work. Just take on the little things and eventually it all adds up and you end up getting it all done. And the last point is really near and dear to my heart, number five, and it's because some it's something that has always been second nature to me anyway, but I'm just so thankful that it actually is important because it's just part of something that I've always really been passionate about, and that's realizing the potential your bedroom has. But let me just give some backstory and maybe you'll understand. So a lot of studies have shown that most activities that boost our happiness which are things like sleep, quiet contemplation, a good sex life, you get the point. They're achieved in the bedroom. So really what this means is we need to make sure that that space is conducive to relaxation and happiness. So researchers found that sleep and sex are the two strongest in indicators of happiness, which really think about that. That's quite interesting. Now, as a Christian, I might have to argue this, that most importantly, God is the ultimate uh, bringer of happiness. I mean, he, with him in our heart, we have true joy. That's my feeling, my opinion. They found that people who were rested were happier and people who had a fulfilling sex life were happier. So what I say is make your bedroom a luxury hotel suite, right? And even mine, even though I love my bedroom and I put a lot of importance on that, I still have things I'd love to do to make it more of a luxury hotel suite. But I would say like, and I know for us, we have always, ever since having kids, we have just always, once they go to bed, we go in there and that's our time and space to just relax. 
And even when they're napping in the day and it's just me and Rick's working, I spend time in the bedroom. I love being in my bedroom. I just, I think it's calming and it's nice. And so that's why I say it's kind of been a passion of mine to always enjoy my bedroom. But anyway, go big and spend money on making it the room of your dreams. And make sure you get the linens that are most comfy, get the nice light blocking drapes, get rid of the television. You will be so much happier if you don't have a television in your bedroom because then you're forced to focus on each other. Or if you live alone, you're forced to focus on reading and really more uplifting and beneficial things anyway. And always, always, always make your bed because when you make your bed, you set your day up for success. So first thing in the morning, make that bed and go big with the pillows. Anyone else absolutely love pillows? Rick always makes fun of me and says that if I bring any more pillows home from the store, our entire bed is going to be covered. Right now, they go about halfway down our bed. And to end this, I just want to encourage you that the true secret to happiness, other than having Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is keeping your expectations low. I did an entire episode on that titled The Secret to Happiness. It's an amazing episode. Go back and check that one out if you haven't. And definitely leave me a review. Let me know what you think about these episodes. I'm still relatively new to podcasting. I'm absolutely loving it. And I would love to know how these episodes are impacting your life. Tag me on Instagram at Don't Quit Podcast. Leave a review on Apple. They make my day. And I want to do a quick recap to talk about what we went over today. So we had five key ways that we could be happier. So one was practice optimism. Look at the glass as half full and find people that do the same. Number two is get moving. It's so important for our mental health and our happiness to exercise. Number three is stop negative thinking. Let things go and practice that Socratic questioning. Number four is declutter your space. Get rid of the things that you have duplicates of and make your space a place that you enjoy. And number five is realize the potential your bedroom has. Thank you for joining me today. I have loved sitting down and having this conversation with you. I love sharing things that have helped my life become more purposeful and happy. And I hope that this episode really encouraged you. I can't wait until next Wednesday when the new episode comes out. And we will be talking about four words that destroy all our dreams. I'm, I'm sure you are wondering what that is, but I think that it's going to be a wonderful episode. So come back next Wednesday to listen. I'll see you next week.